0: This is Nick Wright with Managing Editor Zachary Fillingham of geopoliticalmonitor.com and today we're going to be talking about uh, Mexico-U.S. relations, in particular uh, what appears to be uh, a new and ongoing trade war with Mexico and this relates to an article on the website uh, that you can check out entitled Mexico, a new front in the Trump trade war. So Zach, tell us a little bit about uh, Donald Trump's recent announcement and what impacts it's likely to have.
1: Okay, so um, uh, President Trump, as we know, has threatened to institute new tariffs on Mexico. Uh, The tariffs will start at 5% on June 10th, they'll raise to 10% on July 1st, and then they'll max out at 25% in October. Um, His reason for doing it is he believes that Mexico is not doing enough to stem the flow of migrants coming from Central American countries uh, through Mexico and then into the United States.
0: Uh, So, Zach, it's it's an interesting question. Uh, These caravans of people coming from frequently countries other than Mexico, uh, Guatemala or other uh, Central or even South American uh, nations, uh, why is it that uh, Mexico hasn't been doing more to prevent these caravans from coming into the United States?
1: Well, I mean, it's a question of what what Mexico is able to do, right? Um, So if we look at a country like the United States, it has a long border with Mexico. The United States, the largest economy in the world, has lots of resources available to it, yet it still um, struggles to find a solution to its own border problem um, along its border with Mexico, right? uh it's become a political issue lately there's discussions of a border wall Uh, there's huge amount of apprehensions huge amount of uh of border guard presence along that border yet it is still a quote-unquote crisis in the in the words of president trump so um now you take mexico you apply all the same uh, circumstances to mexico which is about one sixteenth the size of the american economy uh, so obviously it has a lot less resources with which to do all these things. Uh, this is not to excuse, you know, this is not to say that Mexico is doing enough or not doing enough. It's just to, to sort of highlight the issue that Mexico has the same problems that the United States does with its own Southern border. And it has a lot less resources with which to work
0: with. And, and what are both, uh, United States and Mexico doing in order to address the issue?
1: Okay, so well, um, along the border, uh, well, we know the United States has been, you know, we know broadly what the United States is doing uh, if we follow the arc of the Trump presidency everything from child separations to the potential building of a border wall to the increase of the border guard presence to the, the sort of increasing impossibility in of asylum actually being granted. Um, however, the Trump administration has certain legal hurdles it has to deal with um, in stemming the flow. One of them is the fact that if you can, <clears throat> um, if you declare asylum or you apply for asylum in the United States, you can s- remain in the s- United States under the assumption that you're going to show up for your hearing. Um, obviously, not everybody does that; they get rejected, but then they sort of disappear into the ether. One system that they're trying to work out between the two of them now is that uh, asylum applicants to the United States would stay in Mexico. Um, So if they were if they were ultimately rejected, they would not be within the United States. They would not gain entry to the United States. Um, So Mexico, along its own southern, for like first of all, this is like the core root of this problem is the fact that the Central American governments are. Um, some of these countries like Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras uh, there's somewhat of a breakdown in the economic political order people are fleeing uh, sort of violence and and to a to a lesser degree have absolutely no economic prospects it's creating creating an increasing flow of migrants uh, northward and um, the border between Mexico and Guatemala, for example, is about 700 miles, it goes through uh, so rugged terrain, jungles, etc. Uh, so it's, it's very hard to police. Uh, like I said before, Mexico doesn't necessarily have the resources with which to do it, uh, you know, because one, you're, either, you're either building a huge wall, which is, as we, we know from the American debate right now, it's an expensive proposition, or you are deploying a large amount of your security forces along the southern border, which is also an expensive proposition. But also, uh, Mexico has to deal with an ongoing uh, near-Civil War caliber insurgency in the form of uh, the drug war, where essentially, long story short, its security forces are um, required elsewhere uh, to fight that war, and also... You know, as these migrants potentially build up within Mexico, it, it creates um, a sort of separate security issue for the Mexican government insofar that they're not necessarily going to go back south. Some of them are going to fall prey to these same drug and criminal networks that are creating uh, such a long term problem within Mexico. And so basically, there's the possibility that it will further accentuate some of Mexico's serious.
0: Pre-existing security issues. And what's uh, what's Trump doing? Uh, and is his plan likely to work? Okay,
1: so basically, what Trump is doing is um, is uh, it's something new. It's exceptional. Um, basically, these tariffs are we're kind of becoming numb to the sort of sound bites of the Trump presidency. Tariffs here, tariffs there, tariffs everywhere. But to this point, the tariffs have all had some sort of, like, whether it's true or not, they've all had the logic that Trump is rectifying unfair trade practices if you take, um, or national security. Um, So those are the two kind of exceptions in, in international trade law. He's not going through the actual adjudicators of international trade law, like the World Trade Organization. He's making all the decisions himself, but he's still he's still clothing his decisions in the, uh, the language of, of international trade law. So China is an un- unfair player, um, you know, China's doing all these trade practices that give it an unfair advantage, so I'm going to slap on these tariffs. Canada, Canadian steel and aluminum is a national security uh, threat, <clears throat> okay, but so we're going to slap on these tariffs. This is um, sort of exceptional in the sense that you're trying to achieve a very specific political end. You want Mexico to change its immigration policy, and uh, to do so, you are weld- you're wielding your um, disproportionate economic leverage over that country. And in my opinion, in a bullying, in a way that could be considered bullying that country. So. I think that um, this is—it's really interesting uh, in a sort of historical perspective to look back on this because uh, when you think of international free trade, it's sort of conducted on the basis of a kind of mutual understanding that things like this wouldn't happen. Um, you know, you you allow another country to produce things that are as essential to your economy. Because that country can do it more efficiently and produce cost benefits for you. But if you start to believe that the supply of said item could be um, stopped at any point for any political reason, because this country, which is bigger than you, um, doesn't like something that you're doing politically, then you might sort of start to turn your back on the concept of free trade and produce things, adopt a more autarkic stance or a uh, self-sustaining, self-contained trade or economy, because even if um, even if you produce that item less efficiently and more expensively and with with less, you know, whiz bang technology, um, at least you have that guarantee that that you can produce that item. You're not um, you're not at the you know you're victim of the whim of whoever your trading partner is. So I think that that's that's an interesting sort of broad you know long-term consideration. In all this. Another interesting consideration is that the tariffs are across the board. They're not um, they're not targeting any specific uh, export or import. They're they're on everything. So again, that's very um, <laughs> extreme reaction. So uh, that's the first part. To answer your second part of why he's doing this now, um, basically the the problem at the U.S. border is um, is reaching ahead in terms of numbers. Uh, the number of apprehensions in April was uh, around 109,000, which is the highest number since 2007. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's so much. Uh, a reflection of policy failures on the U.S. or even I mean Mexican part. It, it could also just be a reflection of the, the severity of the crisis from Central America, and the fact that you have um, much many more people fleeing from a much worse situation than existed before. Um, so, why is he doing it now? There's that. And it's it's obviously as much of Trump's foreign policy. It It's definitely should be viewed through the lens of uh, domestic politics and uh, how, how Trump wants to brand himself moving into 2020 or basically and maintain you, his brand.
0: And do you think it will be effective?
1: Um, well, it's hard to say, like it's hard to say whether or not the plan will be effective. Um, as I, as I just said before, you, you might have these sort of diffuse long-term considerations that are ultimately to the detriment of U.S. interests, U.S. trade interests, U.S. economic interests, because uh, this, this administration in particular seems to um, be ignoring the kind of uh, economic dogma that has um, informed all the administrations before it, and basically the need to Develop and secure uh, export markets, right? I think some of these some of these moves they jeopardize that sort of long term goal. But um, in the short term, I think uh, Trump's approach definitely gets the attention of the the Mexican government. Um, it's bas- it's the last thing that President Obrador wants to deal with right now because he's been uh, very focused on his own domestic agenda. He has a lot of um, a lot of goals he set set for himself in alleviating in alleviating poverty and produce uh, providing better social welfare in Mexico. Obviously, Mexican presidents only get five five years with which to um, implement their agenda. They they cannot stand for re-election, and uh, so so he needs right now. He basically needs to oblige Trump out of out of his own economic necessity because these these tariffs. Can be potentially extremely damaging to the Mexican economy, but he still needs to walk a fine his own fine political line because he needs he needs to make sure that he doesn't appear too acquiescent to um, uh, acquiescent in the face of U.S. bullying. Uh, he has also sort of made his own political brand around uh, respect for the poor and respecting the human rights of Central American migrants moving through Mexico. So there's that too. Um, However, like I said, uh, like the the stakes are so high for Obrador that he needs to do something. And even in the days following the Trump announcement, we're already seeing a series of of sort of symbolic gestures from the Mexican authorities. Uh, We're seeing a a ramping up of raids along the Guatemala border, um, the detaining of migrants and the breaking up of caravans, sort of ad hoc examples of it. Um, But like I said... Um, it's 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 always going to be a question of operational resources, right? So I think the political will is there in terms of the Mexican authorities, but but there's a question of, of what they're able to do, right? So and the and the fact that these tariffs themselves will start to infu- will start to impact the the resources available to the Mexican authorities. So so in in a bizarre sense, it's like um, Trump is 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 harming like he might secure the political will, but his policy is also harming their capacity to do what he wants them to do. And um, I, I think that the, the the challenges represented by that southern border um, are shouldn't be understated. I mean like you, you can see the, the US border is the same thing. It's it's a hard problem to solve.
0: And has the US government been clear on what specifically they want Mexico to do? No,
1: I, I think that the, like if you were to sort of draft a playbook of Trumpian foreign policy, this would be in it. Uh, they haven't been clear, and I mean the good thing about that is, it always allows for um, uh, an escape route for the Trump administration if if the the sort of uh, negative consequences become too too much, you know, like so. There's always been a bit of try and see uh, with this administration. So you you put that out there. Um, obviously, the decision making seems to be very um, on the spot. You know, uh, because Trump Trump advisors are seldomly uh, uh, consulted about the the policies that the president rules out. So I think in not being specific about what they want. They they allow themselves to pull out of it at any time, because um, the, there's the considerable economic stakes here, right? So, so for example, if you start to see serious, uh, you know, serious problems in the stock market or more indications of a U.S. recession, then you could, for example, take uh, take these these. Um, these raids along the Guatemalan border as an indication that the Mexicans are being um, more <coughs> serious about policing the border and then you can cancel the tariffs. We've seen threats like this before. The, the Trump administration has threatened to close the southern border with Mexico before. That never happened. Um, on the other hand, if you start being specific about what you want and and you set the, the bar too high, it puts, puts you in a, a a bad position if the the Mexicans refuse to oblige or um, ultimately are unable to to do what you want so so I think they have they haven't been specific um, it's 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 pretty much what they've they've been doing with all of these trade wars but it's probably the better way to do it if you have specific demands it's better to, to deliver them behind closed doors because it Eliminate some of the wider political dynamics uh, in democratic societies.
0: So what exactly are the political uh, and economic uh, stakes here? What will likely happen to the economy if these tariffs are implemented as uh, proposed?
1: Well, I think the stakes are pretty high and you can see it in the way that uh, Wall Street responds to the news. Uh, There's just like a barrage of negative takes and negative uh, projections and um, op-eds. Uh, so basically, it's, it's kind of a different beast than the China trade war, because in Mexico, you have an economy that's, that's highly integrated with the American economy. And that is the result of decades of free trade under NAFTA, right? So you have supply chains that are highly integrated between the two. You have, um, in the manufacturing of one ends, Product like whether it's a car or an appliance, you have certain parts that travel several times across the border uh, for sort of compartmentalized assembly. Um, And if you implement across-the-board tariffs, obviously um, the production of an item will get dinged at every every point, right? That like the parts that go into it. So um, you have, uh, and also. Um basically, basically, even the protectionists um, advocate the, or the more protectionist minded um, people, pundits, observers, experts, officials, they advocate for the development of a more regional economic bloc, right? Um, because obviously the U.S. economy needs to export somewhere. So they they look to Canada and Mexico as as sort of retrenching from the global economy, doubling down on the Americas. So this flies in the face of that, and it also flies in the face of a lot of corporate attempts to diversify their own production away from China, because they're reading the writing on the wall and they're seeing that... um, over the long term, the U.S.-Chinese trade relationship might, might remain contentious. So they're, tr- they're relocating their operations to Mexico as, as an alternative, um, low-cost production hub that presumably has continued um, unimpeded access to the U.S. market, and this is hitting them hard. So, um, obviously, there's a lot of potential hurt for Mexico here. of the country's exports go to the United States. Uh, These exports were worth $350 billion in 2018. Uh, The Mexican economy is not in good shape as it stands. It it experienced a 0.2% contraction at the start of 2019. And uh, Mexico is the second largest exporter of goods to the USA behind China. So that puts it more or puts it ahead of Canada. It's a serious trading partner of the United States. And um, it's not just Mexican exports going to the United States. Uh, Mexico buys about 19 billions worth of food exports from the United, from the U S uh, producers, primarily corn, soybeans, beef, and dairy products. Mexico is the top foreign market for USA dairy products. And um, you know,. US farmers and agricultural producers are, they're already reeling from the China tariffs, right? Because China represented a lucrative market for their exports, particularly soy. And um, <clears throat> So they're already suffering. They, um, they were under tariffs for both Mexico and Canada because of uh, reciprocal tariffs after the aluminum and steel tariffs, which were recently lifted. So they just got their access back to Mexico, and now it looks like it, it, it will probably be um, <coughs> restricted again uh, from expected uh, counter-tariff from the Mexican government. So, um, yeah, and finally, another thing is that uh, I think that there's a a real potential for it to hurt the passage of the US-Mexican-Canada trade agreement, the successor to NAFTA, which was already running into a lot of problems. Basically, the agreement hasn't come into force yet, and it won't come into force until legislation is passed in all three countries. Um, so it's, it's still tentative. So long, as it ha- it, so long as it doesn't come into force, we're still under NAFTA trade rules. Um, so uh, the Democrat-controlled Congress is trying to reopen negotiations. Uh, they ultimately have the power as whether it, it passes or does not in, in the House of Representatives. Obviously, this might throw up some roadblocks in Mexico. Uh, because it's it's just generally not a good look, right? Uh, you've based, you've um, uh, you just the the ink hasn't dried on your North American Free Trade Agreement, which you yourself uh, as an administration negotiated, and you're already leveraging uh, unilateral tariffs on one of your supposed partners to achieve a direct political aim. Uh, So, yeah, I would say that the economic, the economic stakes are are pretty high in all this.
0: Fascinating. Any uh, expectations in the short term as to how this will unfold?
1: Um, Okay, so I think that uh, probably two forces will dictate, generally speaking, the course of uh, future events one will be the ongoing problem at the border or the ongoing number of arrivals at the u.s border and as as uh as we've discussed there's no real quick fix to that um regardless of mexican political will it, it might continue to be a problem a lot of that has to do with uh like this the state of central american countries and and um in that i mean just to touch down on that it, if if you are of the opinion that stabilizing these countries is the best way to stem the flow of migrants out of them, then then there's a lot to be depressed about because you know the U.S. administration has not has not been concerned about addressing the, the root problems that is sending the the migrants out. Uh, quite the contrary, it has, for example, been threatening to. Uh, cut aid to these countries and, and basically cut economic engagement to these countries, may basically accentuate the problem that's sending people northward. Um, so, yeah, and the second the second thing to, to keep an eye on would probably be, like, indications of economic harm from these tariffs. Um, a, a key pressure point that we've seen time and time again with uh, the Trump administration is what it does to the U.S. stock market. So So if we see... Um, sort of if we see major detrimental if detrimental effects on the. US stock market if we see stock market plunge then I think that there is a uh, a higher chance that the Trump administration will take its sort of unspecified leave right be like well they're you know they've done a lot to increase border security so we're going to cancel the tariffs um, another thing to, to keep an eye on as a uh, as uh, an economic signifier would be uh, any and all pain in the U.S. agricultural sector, obviously uh, a large important part of the Trump base. And um, as I mentioned before, economically, they've already been suffering. I think a lot, a lot of them are starting to um, sort of tire of the trade wars, again, trade war fatigue. And um, they've also received a lot of government subsidies to sort of alleviate their pain. Um, so, uh, that's something to keep an eye out on. And, uh, I guess, sort future, future possibilities. There might be a, a rate cut. I think, uh, the federal reserve, I think it's increased odds that we'll see a rate cut from the federal reserve, which has been flagging trade tensions as a possible source of disruption in the U S economy for a while now. So, so they, um, they get their further disruption, further, um, further reason for rate cut. Which I mean, I guess if you're thinking 5D chess, maybe that was Trump's intention all along. But um, <clears throat> so yeah, and I'll actually, yeah, oh yeah, uh, go if you if you want to go by the Goldman Sachs predictions, the Goldman Sachs economists, uh, they see a 70 percent. Chance that the, I, I would love to know how they come up with that 70%. They see a 70% chance that the tariffs are applied on June 10th and a 50% chance of them reaching 10% on July 1st. Um, they've also downgraded the odds that the USMC trade agreement will pass this year from the original 60% to 35%. They've also cut their U.S. growth forecast from 2.5% to 2%. So yeah, Goldman Sachs, uh, some negative sentiment there. Um, so yeah, I think that uh, yeah, that's that's basically what we should look out for moving forward.
0: Fascinating. Well, thanks so much, Zach, uh, for this informative overview of uh, Mexican tariffs that the U.S. has uh, proposed to implement. Uh, to our listeners, you can check out the article on the website. Again, it's Mexico. A new front in the trump trade war and you can visit that article at geopoliticalmonder.com. so thank you all for listening and talk to you next time